1: This is the experience, and welcome to day one of the Myriad Market. I'm Warren Rustboro. And I'm Dirk Bradley. I'm curious, Rusty. Why is the market such a big
2: deal? I hear there's bigger and better things in Abel. I just can't understand why folks don't just hop a gate there, and trade their childhood memories for a trire made of gold and a pet owlbear named Mr. Beaks.
1: You see, Dirk, Abel isn't quite what you'd think. It's not unlike the axial planes of good, evil, law, and chaos. There's something like it in every cluster, a place between places, and all connected. But in truth, travel there, even for high-level adventurers, is very difficult, extremely dangerous, and often forbidden.
2: Yeah, well, I've never known quest jockeys to hold their horses at a keep outside.
1: Right you are. And we've had our share of champions and hire take a stroll through the Silver Citadel or the Onyx Precinct. But in the end, it's not a place for mortals. Whereas the market is open to any plane where a ring gate has been erected. Effectively, any plane with an LUQ hub. So, the ring gates are a big deal then? Huge. Before von Schreich perfected Silverist tunneling, the only means of travel between planes was through a ninth level gate spell. This posed a few issues, not the least of which being unmanageable expenses for most travelers, short travel time, instability, and most notably, being limited to travel within one's own cluster. And clusters are collections of planes, right? Right. The only way to travel between those were Spelljammer ships. Aethernauts embark on long, dangerous journeys to different planar clusters, but even this has its limits. Some planes, like the Plane of Error, have no ley lines connecting them. Or the ley lines are inconsistent or impossible to traverse, or are simply unmapped and so cannot be found.
2: So if I'm following all this right, first we grab a cluster by the stem. Next we get erected. Then we look for a hub. Then we swap rings. Then we buy each other extra-planar corn dogs and everyone's invited.
1: That's one way to put it. Now I think you're following in your own special way, but there's so much more.
2: All right. Great. Great. So, um, how long was that? About 2 minutes. And how much time left in the broadcast?
1: A lot. But not before we go live to the meat district in the Ada Terminal, where Sergio Pendragon is slow-roasting a drumstick from a colossal turkey of new T-30. Stay tuned, folks.
2: The Novice Team Gold Dragon. Steps through into the promenade, the vast structure which encircles the satellite city of Zenith. Before you stands the gatekeeper, who touches a scry device mounted on the gate control, and with some urgency, calls for a medic. As he does this, a man steps forward, or at least you assume he's a man. His chin-length brown hair is heavy with curls which bounce as he looks up at you, with particularly large green eyes. He smiles a shark smile, revealing somewhat pronounced canines behind his lips stained green with an unknown substance. The tips of his ears extend well past his hair, and seem to twitch and cup toward you. He walks forward with his hand outstretched, straightening his green waistcoat. Hello. Nice to see you. I am Perry Filigree of The Satellite. You know The Satellite is the primary journalistic publication on Zenith. Mind if I ask you a few questions regarding your recent off zenith quest?
1: Our friend is on her way to the infirmary. There's oh, no time for questions. Oh, but those'll take time. They'll they'll have to get here. For now, I'm sure you can talk to me. I would prefer we meet them halfway.
2: Hmm. But you did go off zenith, correct?
3: I never talk to the press. I just turn away from him. Penny is usually the one who talks to the press. This is a lie, but <laughs> going with it. I shall take care of the press while you take care of Penny. Yes, we left Zenith.
2: Hmm. And where did you go? Is any of this confidential, by the way?
3: Uh, like where what we did?
2: Nothing Nothing that you just did, no. We went to a plane called Roke K-43. Oh no, <laughs> not Ikshi. Not Ikshi. I, I, I'm aware of Ikshi. I'm talking about your recent trip to Ero. Tell me, Mr. Isadora, where exactly did you get that sword of yours? It was my father's sword. Hmm, and was he on error
1: no not at all i see and what did you do there
2: if you don't mind my asking
1: the events that transpired while we were there are between me and my allies
2: ah but you did go that's what i was looking for thank you so tell me did you did you fight any of the natives suddenly to your right another gate opens and from it four clerics step out I hold up my hand. Over here! Over here! They are pushing a floating stretcher, and they all bear a symbol somewhere on their person. A gold cross encircled by a silver ring. You know this as the symbol for aura. A-U-R-A. The axes for the unified representation of alignment. One of them appears to be the leader and steps forward. He is a small rattling. He carries a staff topped with a rat skull inside the mouth of a viper skull. Begone, swarmless fiend. Unless the drippings of your pen should forestall this one's drift into the black, we will not have you. <laughs> Excuse me, I, I didn't mean to cause any problems. Um, Well, uh, I'll, sure, I'll speak to you again very, very soon. He turns and waves and walks into the crowd.
4: Hal points at the new cleric that just showed up and goes, That's how you should talk to the press. Just tell them be gone.
2: Another one of the clerics, a midnight blue insectoid with four arms, bearing a headdress mounted with an eagle skull, steps forward, pushing a floating stretcher. He urges it down to the ground and uses his four arms to bear Penny onto it. Another, a large goliath, covered head to toe in mosses with a bone club in one hand, begins to walk after Perry Filigree of the satellite, making sure that he is in fact gone while the fourth, a white-skinned, hairless tiefling, whose horns have been shorn off, and his only accessory, save simple trousers fastened with the aura symbol, is an unadorned blade which protrudes directly from a bloodless wound in his chest. He walks forward and gestures to the Rattling. They are Skick, the root feaster. They will be Miss Farthing's primary care provider. Miss Farthing will be returned to you in time. For now... We suggest you go about your business. It seems that your manager is here. We cannot go with her? No.
4: We're just supposed to entrust it to a bunch of clerics who just left a
2: sword sticking out of your chest, bro? We are Aura. We would not harm a patient.
1: I remember reading a little about you recently. I'm just concerned because I wish to stay by her side, but... I am glad that you are
2: aware of the process... You also must know that as a cleric yourself you are obligated to come see us when you ascend to the hero rank if you choose to
1: remain on the battle axis. I don't think I got that far into the reading. I understand. We will be going.
2: He turns and the four of them begin to walk towards the gate through which they came.
1: Uh, uh, Sir, one last thing. Uh, The weapons. Please keep them with her. There's magic at play.
2: The large goliath turns to you and says, We know. What do you think we look like, idiots? Come on.
1: Just trying to help.
2: Practically radiating with divine energy. I can feel it coming off her. All right, here we go. And they all continue through the gate.
3: Yavos, they are professionals. Let them do their job. (laughs) They're professionals who left a sword sticking out of that tiefling's chest. It's working just fine.
1: If I were to ignite into flame during battle it would be quite alarming Hal but it's perfectly natural for you. Some creatures are just built differently. I don't. I don't.
3: And my pre-existing condition would be deemed fatal. Uh
1: but
2: not an exemption from our uh, insurance that we offer through the league. Finber walks up to you.
1: Um, Mr. Finber. Whalen.
2: Finber's fine. You don't got to worry about calling me by my last name.
1: Uh, Very good. It seems that the media sharks are already on the blood trail of our doings.
2: Right. Yeah, you gotta be careful with Perry. He's, um... He's good. He's good at his job. One of the best journalists out there. Heaps of integrity. Excellent writer. Makes him the greatest threat you face right
1: now. He seemed to already know things about us. You didn't tell him anything, did you? Not intentionally, but he seemed to gather some information just from me saying no. Uh, But nothing he didn't seem to already know. He asked us about the, the secret thing we did. Oh, and did you confirm it? Uh, not intentionally, but it does seem that he's heard a yes in my answer.
2: It's fine. Don't work yourself up about it. Quite frankly, if he asked you about it, you already knew. Right. And your confirmation didn't do much except trip you up a bit. Anyway, it's not important. What's important is your score. Ah, oh, Fox, my boys, this one is
1: a good one. I won't lie, uh, after all the trauma of seeing young Penny in such disarray, I had forgotten that we were being graded.
2: Well, score-wise, don't worry about that one. You took off the bracelet, but that's okay. Life-threatening situations make an exemption for that kind of thing. We're still not exactly sure how it's going to work when you're working with, um, plurals, and, uh, how that all works. But, as long as she's got her bracelet on when you're actually in the middle of the fight, and as long as it's not hurting her, you're good. But, your score. First, teamwork. I was a four unfortunately he had some situations with some friendly fire couldn't really avoid it no big deal but across the board y'all got fives five after five after five your ingenuity five clever plays good use of the elements quick thinking discipline stuck to the quest minimal distraction didn't get caught up in any uh, tangents or anything like that solid investigation everybody loved it valor five brave in the face of insurmountable odds didn't panic when you met the race Beautiful. Couldn't ask for more. Hmm. And the fact that you took care of Penny so well, immediately afterwards, and you had all that good post-quest interaction, people love that. Definitely raised our estimation of you.
1: I can say that the public's perception of what we were doing was the last thing on my mind in any of that. And that showed. That's
2: the thing, a lot of these people are very disingenuous. A lot of the time when a team gets out there, all they can think about doing is impressing people. But y'all don't do that, and everybody likes it. Keep it up. Don't worry about what everybody else is thinking. You haven't started to establish yourself as a particular kind of team yet, which means you don't have to worry about their assumptions. Just stay calm. Do what you gotta do. Alright. Got any questions?
4: Why did that tiefling ever sold through him?
2: Oh, that? I don't know. Clerics are all sorts of weird. Probably a religious symbol. Some kind of a I've learned that when you're staying on Zenith, best not to ask too many questions about what people do.
1: I do have questions, but I don't know that they're specifically for you. Uh... I'm still a bit shaky. says, looking down at his hands, kind of quaking. I understand.
2: But, hopefully you're going to have a little bit of time to relax. We don't have any quest lines up for you immediately. But we do know you're going to be going to the battle axis before too long. Very excited about that. By the way, with that uh, 4.75, that's uh, going to be times two on your score for your glory. Very exciting. What's,
3: what's the current high score of the season, by the way? Five. By whom?
2: I can't remember their name.
3: As long as it wasn't Fidian.
2: Oh. Oh, yeah, it was. Silversong. That's what they're called. The Silver Song. They already have a name. At least that's the one Ophidian likes. He seems to be leading them well. In all that glory couldn't be coming at a better time. In a week's time, you've got the Myriad Market. Which I think you folks have never been to, right? A Myriad Market? Yes. It's a bit of a um, seasonal? Yearly? Hard to say. But it's a big festival. The whole ring gets lit up. People come from all around. I've been to imitations. Right. It's kind of modelled somewhat after uh, some of the bigger commerce areas in Abel.
1: My brother used to tell me about farmers' markets at faraway villages. It's like that. If you farm things like weapons, or
2: music, or souls. Who? Oh.
3: Just regular things to farm.
2: Every terminal becomes its own kind of thing. One particular area is just music and and, uh, art and things like that. Other places are mostly weapons and armor and gear and what have you. Some places are food and extravagancies and some places are just dark and spooky. It's different every year. But when it comes, everybody likes to show up.
1: Uh, Do you know how long it will be until we can see Penny? As long as it takes for her to get better. Hmm. Hopefully before this myriad market. I don't think I could enjoy such a thing knowing she's still on the mend.
2: Oh, I imagine she'll do great. Quite frankly, the clerics and Aura are fantastic. They're the reason why uh, people still get saved here. Without Aura, there's no resurrection. Hal is staring at Iavos.
1: What's the matter, Hal?
4: So, if I'm... If I'm Multicles into cleric, I could be stabbed and it wouldn't bother me?
1: You've got a one-track mind, don't you? I would get your mind off of the man who was impaled.
2: <laughs> they say something weird and his brain's off like a herd of turtles. I just want
4: to know how to get stabbed and be fine. It seems like it'd be a useful
1: skill in combat. As mentioned, one of our teammates is without head. That doesn't seem to trip you up quite as much. Some people are just built differently.
3: That's true. Can I multiclass in rogue and go headless? Here, try this. I'm going to stab you in the side. Ow. Now just see if you can lay on hands. Heal your heal, heal your body around the dagger. I do that. It pushes the dagger out. <laughs> Right. It's just not meant to be.
2: Best not go to hurting each other in the middle of the ring. There's every possibility that uh, if an auntie here is around and they see that, they might come for you. It's a medical procedure.
1: Let us try to avoid getting any knives or blades through your heart, instead of trying to exist with them there.
2: In any case, you folks have yourself about a week of downtime. You're welcome to use that as you will. I recommend you get back to your uh, residences, get a bit of rest in. We've already put in a uh, request for Pug to have some time with you that'll be coming up soon obviously not before penny's available
1: hmm. as long as they let us know when she's ready
2: they will we'll probably send you a letter i like letters very much i don't you head back to your residences and take some time during this week what do you
1: do i have also, uh, over some of the books he bought recently um he reads very fast but he bought a lot so he's just dipping his toes into all kinds of Planar history, factoids about Zenith and just learning what he can. And every now and then he'll take a break from reading to read his spell book instead. One particular book draws your
2: eye. It is a living history of Zenith and its practices. And inside you find a segment on the Myriad Market. Hmm. One element of it in particular is that normally access to Zenith at all is highly, highly restrictive. Even onto the ring. Mm -hmm. Usually the only thing you can do is be on the ring. But even that is very controlled. However, during the Myriad Market, they pull out large ring gates that float in the void and allow ships to come in from all over the cosmos. Interesting. Everybody gets a ring passport for the duration of the festival, which can range between one and seven days.
1: I make note of that.
3: Gaspar is going to go to any crowded part of Hub and just try and acclimate himself better to loud noises now that he is perceiving through the echolocation of a vreece head.
2: At first, it's extraordinarily jarring, trying to detect sound instead of sight. But over time, you can start to tell the small differences in distance and pace, and you start to get an appreciation for the Doppler effect as things move closer and farther, the increase and decrease of pitch, and it's starting to sink in just how much power and potential this has.
3: Everything is so bright
2: and loud. That is one thing you do notice. The sunlight, even the false sunlight generated for Zenith is bright.
4: Uh, After Hal rests, he is going to go look up footage of Ophidian's quest and see what their team did and how they got all fives.
2: Hmm. The quest itself was rather typical. Mostly a subterranean dungeon full of all sorts of strange creatures, predominantly undead. But what drew your eye is the coordination between Ophidian and his teammates. He seemed to have command words. He seemed to have uh, goals and plans. Everything was organized and orchestrated very beautifully. His team is composed of a Valor Bard named Iluhana Chimechain, a half-elf female. She has a focus on buffing and boosting Ophidian's skills. In fact, so too does their cleric, Simon Silver, also known as Silver Simon... He's an elven male, he has a considerable skill for controlling the battlefield, and he seems to have a habit of blinding and deafening the most threatening enemies, and keeping Ophidian alive at all costs. Another person whose job seems to be explicitly geared towards that is a Goliath male fighter named Gong. He is named for the particularly large bronze shield that he carries, and a mace that he uses to hammer on it. The shield seems to be capable of casting silence. Once per day. Hmm. Gong's specialty is defense. That's all the information you're able to gather. After a few days pass, you all receive a small letter indicating that Penny Farthing is going to be released today. You are also instructed that you are not allowed to attend their release, that she will instead be given free rein to return to her home.
1: That's a sad custom. Iavos is going to wait either outside her room or in it if we have access, and uh, ask, uh, I'm going to wait for Penny. I w- we have things to discuss with her, and I just want to make sure she's okay. <laughs> I've only known her for so long, and yet here I am worrying about her while she's laying ill.
3: I too care for her health, but these are professional clerics. I have full faith in her recovery. But as a team, I will stay with you and wait for her.
1: There are things that even clerics cannot help you recover from. Experience and emotional pain are things you must deal with on your own and with friends. I feel she's gone through a great deal of that.
3: Hey, Hal, we're throwing a hallway party. Oh, yeah? (laughs) A hallway party? (laughs) I'll get some, uh... I don't have any streamers. I'll get some toilet paper. Bring your gear and rug. It's better than the... Plain flow over here. Penny,
2: you awaken to a warm, humid, enclosed space, wrapped in strips of cloth and softened bark. You find it difficult to breathe.
5: <gasps> is, is anyone there? You hear nothing. Hello? Nothing again. Penny is going to try to sit up in... Whatever bed she's laying in. You realize that these wrappings
2: are something like a cocoon, held together not terribly tightly, capable of being broken.
5: Can I um, Can I see the room at all? No, you are completely encased. I am going to try to break my way out of the cocoon, gently. You free yourself from the cocoon and see earthen walls all around
2: you. A warren, lit by a single rough tallow candle.
5: I almost... Gaspar Skia <laughs> uh, Sorry, that got me good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's very, very good.
2: It does look very familiar, and you're fairly certain you're still in Roket forty three. Until the stone door slides open. A rattling creature comes in with a staff topped with a rat skull in the mouth of a viper. He scuttles up to you. And pushes you down to the bed
5: oh, okay are are you a friend of the vries He
2: puts his thumb on your eye and opens it up <laughs> and looks at the other. He holds
5: the candle up to you and tracks your eyes. Penny's golden eyes reflect the candlelight and follow it. Mm. he mm. mm. you did fine. you're well. Thank you. Um, what is your name? We are Skick. The Root Rootfeaster. It's lovely to meet you, Skick. Um, do you know where my friends are? Home. Did they already go, go through the portal? Did we, they leave without me?
2: They left you alone.
5: They had to. Where am I right now?
2: You are in Aura.
5: With that, she kind of cocks her head and thinks through all the things that she knows and that doesn't sound familiar at all and certainly not like anything on Roque 43 you are welcome to leave when you wish how do I get home um the elevator I didn't know they had <laughs> elevators here um I'm still alive right yes okay
2: oh you receive this He hands you what looks like a letter. I will read it. You open it and see a very crabbed cursive that reads Dearest Penelope, it comes to my attention that my concoction was ineffective in treating your heirlooms. A pity. But I see from the scry that you were able to find an adequate solution. I intend to make my wares available at the Myriad Market in a few days' time. Perhaps we could complete our bargain. Look forward to seeing what you have to offer. Gilder, and just below that, you see what looks like an address. key terminal space
5: a seventy to a seventy five understanding dawn's across Penny's face. Oh, I am back on hub. Yes, my friends did not leave me behind. I yes. knew it. Um, she will start to stand up and test her legs how do, How does Penny feel? Vibrant and powerful.
2: Your legs seem stronger, thicker, and
5: your head feels heavier, just slightly. Um, what is the status of my wounds currently? You do not seem to have any. You do have a nasty headache, though. Excellent. Penny won't push herself too hard, but after flexing a few times... Kind of testing out the condition of her body. She will... Um, are, are her things in this room? You do see a pile of things in the corner. Okay, she will collect her things and then make her way back to the, uh, where the team's apartments are. As you approach the
2: equipment, you see the sword slid through the straps on the shield. Both beautifully polished bronze. And as you reach for it, you feel a sudden extreme anxiety but also a sense of
5: need. I don't know what kind of adventure you are taking me on, but there is no way to go but forward. Penny will not arm them, but she will attempt to carry them. As soon as you pick them up, you feel safe
2: and strong and at home. You shoulder your equipment as Skick watches you go. You walk through the door, and you see blinding arcane light. You are in a hallway much like any other hallway in hub, with dozens of doors going in either direction. One door is already open somewhat, and inside you see a very thick, dense, mossy forest. And from it, a very large goliath, clad head to toe in moss, steps out.
5: Uh, hi. My name is Penelope.
2: He lifts his large bone club and points down a hall towards a sign that says Elevator.
5: Oh, there it is. Thank you so much. Mm. She will she'll give him a, a little like friendly wave and a smile as she passes by on her way to the elevator. You get in and you see all of the same things you're familiar with, all the dials and knobs and what
2: have you. You punch in the information that you need to get to your residential floor. As you come out and walk towards your space, you see your companions sitting there on a bearskin rug in front of your door.
4: Hal has erected streamers using toilet paper as well in the hallway above your door.
5: <laughs> as her eyes survey the scene and she looks around with a little bit of wonder at like the decorations and her friends, she begins to tear up a little. Looking at the, the toilet paper streamers in particular, she says, it's so beautiful.
1: <laughs> I almost quickly gets to his feet when he realizes Penny's entered the hallway. And uh, he holds out his hands and he's got a very inexpensive, like, little bouquet of flowers. (laughs) He says, I wasn't sure if you wanted uh, uh, something for your room or perhaps
5: a snack. (laughs) Penny sheds a tear and drops everything she's carrying and runs into Ayavos' arms and hugs him. Oh, it's so cute. As soon as you drop the sword and shield, you feel a longing, kind of an
2: emptiness that fades quickly as soon as you find your way into your friend's arms.
5: Oh, I'm so glad you're doing fine. They did a, a good job. I feel, I feel wonderful. Um, you don't have to worry about me.
2: All of you notice something particularly odd about Penny. The first is that she does look stronger, just a little bit.
5: Mm.
2: Her legs look a little longer, and her horns are sharp. As she smiles, her canine seems slightly more pronounced. These are very subtle changes that would be hard to
1: notice if you hadn't been with her so long, but they're there. Iavos kind of holds her at arm's length, examining her up and down. Uh, You're a little bit taller than you were, Um, looking up at your horns. I'm not sure if this is the doings of the clerics that treated you or other forces, but um, you look far more adversarial than you did before.
5: Uh, I certainly feel strong. And seeing where Iavos' gaze has gone, Penny begins to feel up her horns. You do notice that your antlers
2: are slightly sharper, to the point where if you wanted, they could probably be sharp enough to gore
1: somebody. From his belt of many items, Ayavos holds up what looks like kind of a, a rusted bronze frame with a mirror in it. It has a single crack going through it, but it still works fairly fine. He wipes it off with his sleeve and holds it up for you to examine.
5: Penny stares at her reflection in the mirror with a bit of mild wonder, running a fingertip against her slightly sharp teeth, examining her horns. She doesn't know what to say, and she's not sure whether this is a good thing. In your experience, antler changes are
2: fine. You can enforce your antlers to shift by growing velvet over them and then shedding it. Uh, you can basically make them whatever you want. But this change feels natural somehow. Your teeth can also be filed down simply by chewing on harder objects. But to have these things happen without your control and without your intent is somewhat jarring.
5: Well, I'm sure that's a mystery that we will solve another time. What's What happened exactly after the fight? I I remember... I remember the sky god fleeing, and that is all. From there, it's just bits and pieces.
3: Very soon after that, you collapsed. My first thought was that the bracelet was somehow taking away your essential faith. But Yavos was the one who identified the sword as having some weird connection with you. We felt it, Hal and I.
5: She looks to the sword for a moment, and then looks down at her wrist where the bracelet was and rubs it a little bit. Oh, i not cut off exactly. Nobody, nobody ever prays to me, but now that it's off, I can feel all of your affection for me, and it's very warm. It's a faint sensation,
2: kind of far away. Nothing like it's been described to you. You can also feel as though it's being drained pulled away there's something about this place that seems to almost consume that quintessence energy presumably because of the nature of luck you can feel our adoration
3: but do you feel the thing coming from this sword
5: i feel it differently um it fills me with strange feelings and emotions um strange longings or needs I feel a connection to it and when I'm close to it I I feel comforted
1: Perhaps we should continue this conversation outside of the hallway and in one of our chambers
5: Yes um yeah this isn't the time to hang out here all night Let's let's go be in my room
3: I'll grab one paw of the bearskin rug <laughs> I'll grab the other side we'll just drag the whole party into the into the room <laughs> just, just grab one end and just drag them on the floor across yeah
2: when you pick your sword and shield back up as soon as they touch your hands and you can feel that cold bronze there's a sense of familiarity like you know this thing a single name rushes through your mind zelos a name you do not know but feel part of you has known for a long time
1: when we're all safely in the room with like the door closed We do have things to discuss, though. We all felt some kind of strange magic coming from the blade, and the shield, too. They react to blood, obviously, as we saw in the battle, and from Hal's experiment with your armament. I believe they are the source of whatever it was that made you somewhat catatonic. Uh, You were experiencing pain, you were on fire, and while I wouldn't wish to rob you of some kind of heirloom, I believe we should proceed with caution in dealing with these things. It could harm you, but Skiar told me that they would make you stronger. Uh, I don't know which path to take, but they're worth examining.
3: Yes, it seemed to revel in the blood. I'm not sure if we should be feeding this thing.
1: Yes, typically things that crave blood that are not, you know, animalistic in nature. Uh, can be dangerous. Uh, Schools of necromancy, for example, or creatures of undeath. Uh, How do you feel, potentially, about maybe moving away from them or leaving them
5: behind for future quests oh of course you you can take them from me if you can manage it
1: We go now live to page Theta Row in the side terminal with Girthgol from the believed to be mythical plane of Pletregth. Thank you, Warren, and hello, Girthgol. I appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. I understand you're a very busy man.
6: Yes. <laughs> oh, ha
1: <laughs> My humblest apologies. I didn't realize the gender was so complex and beautiful. Fascinating. I'm told you're a merchant by trade. What sundries bring you to error for the myriad market? You sly dog, in this economy? With the glands removed, then how do you? I never would have thought to insert the probe while they're still alive. And you find these fetch a good price? Right, right. No accounting for
6: taste.
1: Please, Girthgul, watch the language. This is a family show. My word You truly have a poet's tongue, Girthgill I only hope one day I can aspire to such eloquence No, thank you And my best to the writhing mass I truly couldn't have said it better myself Back to you, Warren Thank you, Paige, for that fascinating interview Truly, adversity brings out the best in us all.
2: Did our resident robot just spend three minutes talking to the thing that Shape forgot while it shouted cosmic
1: farts into the mic? While our diviners work to uncover the fault in our translation nexus, why don't we hear a word from our sponsor?
6: We're about to witness a planar phenomenon. A keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse.
0: I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts. How
6: is our father, high priest? I'm afraid our majesty doesn't have much time left. He wishes to speak to you, while he still has some agency. He says it's a matter of grave urgency. Father, we are here. What is it you must share with us? Is it of the brewing war to the west? It's obviously to name a successor. Perhaps father has made his choice.
1: Nonsense. I am the eldest. Those are our laws. Let father speak. My sons now stand before me.
6: Yes, we are here, here, father
1: listen closely my sons for the words i share here may be my last we are listening father very well then rusty quill gaming what in the world are you talking about it's an actual play podcast taking place within the pathfinder rule set With over 200 episodes and a cast of mixed-ability comedians, writers, gamers, and improvisers led through adventure after adventure by Game Master Alexander Newell. Uh, Father, what are you talking about?
6: What of the succession? What of the treasury? What is your command, Father?
1: In an alternative version of London and beyond, the team of Zulf, Sel, Hamid, and Azu must battle the odds, crack-wise, and survive the trials of their adventure with special guest players and game masters alike. He speaks madness. What is this puzzle you weave for us, Father? Shut up for a second. This sounds awesome. I want to hear more about Rusty Quill Gaming. This award-winning production can be found wherever podcasts are available and at RustyQuill.com with other amazing shows. There are new episodes... Every Wednesday, as the adventure continues to unfold, Rusty Quill Gaming.
6: I'm afraid he is gone. Father! Father! Well, what do we do now?
1: I don't know about you, but I'm going to go check out Rusty Quill Gaming. It sounds tight
6: as hell, and I could use a new show to be I'm coming with you. Yes, let us heed father's words and find out what mysteries this show has to offer.
1: Something evil has entered these woods. This forest is my home. I move like a shadow. I speak to the old growth. I hunt that which challenges the balance of nature something wicked is near i remain silent unseen invisible in this bush my favorite terrain what what is this the bushes are all being cut away the undergrowth is being sheared cleanly only a smooth soft earth remains in its place how could this be
6: i have found you bush ranger You couldn't hide from my power.
1: Foul wizard, what have you done to this thick grove?
6: Aha! I have gained a new gift since last we did battle. You live in this dirty old growth, hiding from me and the world. Well, now I have the power of manscaped, and with the tools they have given me, I can cut away any bush and reveal that which hides inside. Gasp! The lawnmower 4.0 has ceramic blades and a guiding LED light to make sure you get a clean, safe shave using advanced skin-safe technology. And the weed whacker can get into hard-to-reach places, like your nostril.
1: I... I've had this patch of bushes my entire adult life. But I must admit, it's so smooth and easy to navigate. I feel empowered. I can stand tall and reveal myself to the world from which I hide.
6: Yes, I use Manscaped on my own arcane undercarriage as well. The toner and fresh fragrances they offer have given me powerful confidence and left me feeling refreshed.
1: Yes, I see. This power of Manscaped is great indeed, but how could a simple ranger like me afford such great magic?
6: Manscaped products are wonderfully priced and amazing quality. Not only that, but I saved 20% and got free shipping on the Performance Package Kit 4.0 by using code LUQ at checkout.
1: Manscaped, it's time to get out of the bushes. Hark! I see an LUQT. Speak, friend, and enter. Hi everybody, it's me, Law. Did you know we have a Patreon? I bet you did if you've been following the show for a while. If you want to get a link to that page, or any of our social media for that matter, visit theluq.com. This is also a great place to find news about the show, info about the cast, and routes to our merch store or our legendary Discord. But why do we have a Patreon? Well, it helps us pay for the software we use to edit the show, make the commercials, design the logos, and make the maps. It helps pay for web hosting, maintain the quality of the equipment to ensure we have a good production, pay our team, and so much more. The rewards you can get for following are great, ranging from bonus content to D&D resources like maps, class options, stat blocks, and magic items. If you join one of the Battle Axis teams, you can have your character be written into the meta of the show. And if you join one of the legendary Patreon teams, your name will be read during the mid-roll whenever your team comes up. Our current teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Eerie Lunar Rose, Maisie, and Christopher Mashburn. Someday, me and Zach hope to be able to make Slapdash our full-time job so we can bring you loads of new content. More streams, new games, and more LUQ supplements so you can play at home. Someday. Someday. If you'd like to advertise with the show during the mid-roll or send out a personal message, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com for more info. If you want to send something to Slapdash, you know, in meat space, be it fan art, gaming stuff, or one foot by one foot wall hanging art, our P.O. box is 230091 Tigard, Oregon 97281. We'd love to see what you send us, but don't forget, no homemade food. Join us for streaming at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for Monday night episode premieres, gaming all week long, and our Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocke Wednesday night. They're a ton of fun. If you want to support the show in other ways, you can always share with your friends or just leave a review. But enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axes.
6: Hey, Irinoth. Nice tunic. Thank you. It was made by
1: the humans. They have a keen eye for fabrics. Whoops. I dropped my silver
6: piece. Damn you, Humans! Does this happen to you? Don't get mad. Just come down to PC Cooper's Big & Strong store. We have all your favorite fashions in sizes up to 12XL and 60 inseam pants. You've got a 20 strength, and you're 6'9. takes more than a few yards of fabric to cover your mass. Huge hoodies for half-orcs, fashionable flannels for furbolgs, grand garments for goliaths, and moos for minotaurs. Get your newest wardrobe at PC Cooper's Big & Strong store. Just cause you're medium size, doesn't mean you're size medium.
2: After a somewhat tense welcoming party for Penny, you all go back to your respective rooms, and it is a few days before you emerge together as a team. A taxi has been purchased for you, waiting at Delta Dock. You arrive to find a small skiff and a steward piloting it. As your taxi clears Delta Dock, it is abundantly clear that the Myriad Market is no ordinary bazaar. Giant ring gates ignite throughout the void, surrounding the ring. Through them, ships of breathtaking design sail to join an ever-growing flotilla, some unloading goods, some shops unto themselves, but all of them are alien to this plane. A combination of signage and helpful words from your steward gives you insight on some of the more extravagant vessels. You see the Barony, a wrought-iron dreadnought in Gothic style, mounted with gargoyles, beasts of living metal, designed to spring to life and defend her cargo. The barony ships unrefined oars by the boatload. She is crewed entirely by the undead and captained by a vampire. You see the Ertica Ferox, a living wood galleon, manned by a crew of reptilian elves. Her gnarled roots twist and undulate to pull her by unknown magic through the void. She offloads colorful flora and dangerous fauna. Another ship is not a ship at all, but a dozen square-rigged sloops, dragging a literal castle through the sky. Knights stand at the ready in the courtyard, clad head-to-toe in plate, ready to defend its inhabitants. Taxis fly all about these powerful and magnificent vessels, while brave souls tread a floating boardwalk that weaves its way throughout them. Your taxi dips low above the outermost structure of zenith. There you see that the roof of the ring is gone. And all along the promenade, tents, kiosks, and booths in thousands of shapes, colors, and sizes are arrayed as merchants and specialists from across the cosmos, indeed, across all known planes, have come to share their labors. The Myriad Market is a kaleidoscope, and you have seen only a glimpse of its vast and unimaginable wonder. Your taxi comes to a brief stop in the shipyard of the key terminal, before taking flight again to make room for more vessels. You make your way out onto the promenade, into the throng, as hundreds of creatures hustle and bustle about, looking for just the right memento. You are assaulted with information. The air is thick with smokes, spices, perfumes, and above all, magic. The things you see are unlike anything you've seen before, gaseous clouds from which mindless bodies are manifest to do their bidding, slim humanoid beings so long of arm and leg that they crawl on all fours yet still tower over the crowd. Discs of translucent flesh walking on tripod stilts, rimmed with lights which must be translated from photonic to vocal speech. You see hedgehog-like humanoids with backs of shining carapace like beetles. Giant millipedes with bodies of men at their heads. Collective entities who move and think as one. Sentient animated objects, ancient carven skeletons, even liches, beholders, illithids, put aside their cruel ways to take part in the festivities. So when you see three dragons of white, Bronze and violet chasing each other through the sky, you are not entirely surprised, though still awed by their vastness and beauty. Every section of the ring has been converted into a bazaar, with clear entries and exits. But you were informed by your taxi driver that it is not uncommon for market-goers to become so completely lost that they are not discovered until after the market is over. Some others even find themselves aboard vessels, far away and unable to return." But this section, the Key Terminal, is very much the entry-level market experience. There are terminals devoted to music and arts, some to drink and drug and other vices, others still to dark magics, and forgotten idols to ancient gods. But this year, Key is the bazaar, the all-purpose market. And that is where you find yourself.
1: It would seem, Ivo says looking over some paperwork that he carries around, uh, that we have a certain budget we are to be spending, as you've put me in charge of treasury, uh, we all to our names have around 250 gold, a hundred of that being tied up in our investments in future quests, as the rules dictate, um, and we have 21 points of glory. During your
2: downtime, you realize that there is actually a limit on how much glory can be banked. That limit is 10 times your proficiency bonus, and that extra one actually had to be withdrawn.
1: Going into this, uh, we should each with us carry a single quin from our glory pool, and a hundred gold, I think, seems safe, though I'm not to tell you how much to spend. It could be safe to save the other fifty for later, and I will carry an extra quin in case we need it as a group for something.
5: What do the quin look like in coin form? They look roughly one and a half inches in
2: diameter and roughly half a centimeter thick. However, they have no detail. Instead, they are just shining, shimmering light with an opalescent quality.
1: That reminds me, before we go out buying trinkets and whatnot, uh, there was something that Skial wanted me to give you, Penny. At least I assume it was for you. It certainly wasn't for me, and definitely not for Hal. <laughs> he gives you this clay ocarina uh, with a bat carved into the bottom of it. Uh, enchanted item. Uh, I can explain the details of it later, but you are the most musical of us. Without question.
3: I am actually the least likely person for that to have gone to.
5: (laughs) What a thoughtful gift. I regret that I never got to say goodbye. Or cuddle any of the little Vries. Uh,
1: He also entrusted me with a very strange lens of glass, uh, enchanted, for seeing through mysteries. Uh, For the time being, I can carry it, but if any of you... Wish to have this for your skills. Simply let me know. Are we to stick together or venture off on our
5: own? Penny is almost dancing from foot to foot, clutching her quin tightly in her hands and looking at <laughs> everything there is to see. Let us
4: shop as a team. Hal is already eating a toffee apple that he bought from someone walking by with a tray full of them.
5: <gasps> Hal, did you pay
4: a full quin for that? What? Did you pay a full quin for that? No, he said it was only three gold.
1: Lot for a sugary
5: apple $300 for a... <laughs> They always charge high prices at festivals I almost look Look at those twisted salted bread rolls Those look good <laughs>
1: I'm looking more at the creatures around us Than the fare of finery To feast upon I've never seen dragons in person Terrifying oh, Beautiful
4: yeah. uh, If you see a Medusa Don't look
1: at it How would I look at? not look at it if I see it If you see a reflection of one, perhaps. (laughs) This is a lot to take in. So,
2: Hal, what did you find at the market and where?
4: Hal didn't actually find something so much as somebody found him with something. He was walking around looking at everything. And all of a sudden, a tall sort of human man with sort of spiky hair came out, started jabbering at him in a language he didn't understand, holding a cape and insisting that Hal put it on. (laughs) And Hal didn't really understand the request, but he did put it on. The guy spoke a word, and the cape started kind of flapping in a lack of a breeze. (laughs) The man nodded, took the Quinn out of Hal's hand, and pushed him back into the
2: crowd. Um... That's hilarious. I like the idea that you have a cape of panache. Yeah. <laughs> Ayavos, what did you find in the myriad market and where?
1: Iavos is absorbing as many sights and sounds of both bizarre creature, beautiful relic, strange food, things he's never experienced. At Getting almost drunk on just the social energy and delicious flavors and smells and weirdness. Um, he's getting real weird with it, basically. You see kind of an Iavos you haven't seen before. But at some point there is a what looks like a strange low to the ground market booth of a very strange kind of organic shape. And it looks kind of like it's just covered in garbage, like things that would be reclaimed or found in like a trash yard or a burned down house. Just crud. Um, And as he moves close to kind of inspect some of it, something catching his eye with a glint, the the booth moves and it reveals itself to be a couple of shelves attached to a very large snail shell. And the snail that emerges from it has two little tiny folded arms and a scarf around his neck. And he whispers very soft words into people's ears as they come up and look at his wares. And I always sees a pair of, of very large spectacles one of the arms on it is a little bent the nose guard is completely ruined the lenses are a little overly thick but he kind of turns them over in his hands as though he's held them before and he negotiated a price with this strange slug man exchanged his coins and when he returns to the group and says strangest thing I found these they too were my fathers in a place like this hmm <laughs> I like that Father was always very keen at sizing people up at a glance, gauging their intent and their honesty. Not sure how he did it, but he was always wearing these.
2: Mm, mm, mm. These glasses, when worn upon seeing something for the first time, you can roll insight to determine their intent Mm -hmm. and also their level or CR.
5: Awesome. Penny, what do you find and wear? Most days of the year, Penelope Farthing is a fawn. But this day, she is a hurricane. (laughs) As she moves from stall to stall, spending nearly all of her spending gold on on small, non-magical snacks and foods and services, she drags Hal behind her, insisting that he eats half of the food so that she can try even more. She is walking around with a giant concoction of fairy floss that is shaped like a flower and just zipping around from place to place. She even finds a small stall that will shine her hooves and give her a a bit of a pedicure. (laughs) But as everyone else is kind of examining their own things and interested in their own booths and kiosks, Penelope slips away and she finds a dark corner with a small booth of bespoke threads managed by a hunched elderly crone with a small pair of scissors that shine like the moon. You don't know what happens there, but when Penelope returns, she no longer has her quin. Fuck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Gaspar, what do you find and where? First thing that catches his eye
3: are several displays of fine leather of different shades, textures, and he gets along with the shopkeepers who call themselves the Coven of Two and Three Thirds, consisting of two full witches and one-third of three different other witches. <laughs> Just kind of hanging out, just a bunch of dismembered bodies. We kick it off and he finds a handkerchief of unquestionable material. Unquestionable or questionable? He is literally not allowed to ask what it's made of. (laughs) 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 It is extremely absorbent. It seems to pick up. Blood, dirt, sweat, tears, without any resistance.
2: I like that.
5: You son of a bitch.
2: Why? What?
5: (laughs) You just bought a sham, wow. I did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I will give it an additional bonus. If given to somebody who's experiencing tears or any other kind of strong negative emotion, once per day, it will cast calm emotions on that person. I'll
3: take it. And... Through perhaps a bit of flirtatious negotiation and bargaining, gets it down to the price of one quin and perhaps a coffee date with one of the thirds. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, he does not remember which third it was.
2: (laughs) I like that. You all reconvene outside of the Gilded Guard.
5: Thank you, everyone, for agreeing to come here.
1: Uh, Penny, there's a donut on your horn, he says, reaching (laughs) up and grabbing a pastry off of her horn.
5: Oh, yes, you can have some if you want. And for a second, her face looks very sad. And she says, I ate the most delicious thing I could have ever imagined. But, (sighs) Gaspar. What is it? What is an elephant? And... Do their ears grow back? (laughs) I ate six before I realized.
1: Fear not, Penny. Both elephant ears and bear paws are quite (laughs) renewable.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But Penny, you must know that elephants never forget. And they will not forget this transgression.
2: (laughs) You enter the Gilded Guard. Penny... You thought you had seen what Gilder had to offer, but it is clear now that his hub shop barely scratched the surface. Plate armor forged of wafers of flexible sapphire, chain shirts held together by magical magnetism which disarm all those who strike the wearer, hammers of diamond, blades of quicksilver which change shape at the will of the wielder, these and so much more. Gilder sits atop a pile of cushions as Rufus and a few other hires tend the market goers.
5: Penelope Farthing, under light, as always, Gilder. How is business today? Too good. I'm afraid they're going to eat their way through my specialty items. That is good to hear. Then, um, you and I had an agreement, and I've, I've come to follow through on on my promise. Mm-hmm. Give them. Give them, please. And with that, Penny will move forward and begin to lay out all of her items and things in front of him.
1: Ayavos is immediately watching everything on guard as Penny's obviously doing dealings with his bizarre talking cat and the sword and shield of question are now being inspected. <laughs> He's in like magic watching mode.
5: I'm sorry for being so rude. These are my friends, Halafon, Gaspar, and Ayavos. And um, all of you, This is this is my friend Gilder. I
1: don't want to jump the gun on this, but he says, oh, very fine to meet you. Taking a pair of spectacles out of his pocket and putting them on.
2: As soon as you put them on, you see what looks like kind of a faint humanoid glimmer Hmm. underneath this cat. It's gone in an instant. Roll me insight.
1: Okay. I honestly forget what my insight bonus is. Oh, oh, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Oh, he's a wise boy. That makes one of us twenty-four.
2: Hmm. The CR is very high, mm-hmm. uh, high enough that it doesn't make sense to try to apply it. Right. Its intent is, from what you can tell right now, is excited and greedy.
1: Mm-hmm. At all tracks.
2: Mm, normally, my characteristic aloofness would require me to say I couldn't care less about your friends, but each of them is particularly fascinating for their own reasons. Unfortunately, I ah uh, must pay attention to this. He, paws forward and gently taps, at your chifos and aspida. Mm, exactly as I thought. Sorry, Uh I realize now that the polish I gave you would have been useless on these.
5: Oh. Oh, it's it's okay. It was still very helpful and I'm glad to have had it. Do you understand what these are? Um not very well, I must confess.
2: Oh, these are tools of war in a place that has long since forgotten the ways of it.
5: Are you sp- are you speaking of Evdemonia? I am Evdemonia has never been at war.
2: Oh, child,
5: what you don't know could
2: fill a thousand volumes. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Long before Eftemonium became what it is now, its people were warriors. They fought an ancestral enemy, and they reveled in both victory and defeat. You see, mm, the Evdemon are mm, not what you think.
5: I don't understand. I don't know a lot of things, but the things that I do know are about my home.
2: Of course, and those are all very relevant to your very small, very insignificant life. But when the great battle came and their villain was defeated, they sued for peace. And that is what you've known your whole life. Oh, such a precious life it was. Peaceful. And thus was born a millennia-long stagnation. Evdemonia is heaven to some, but for others...
5: I will. I think Evdemonia is a very nice place.
2: Hmm. Yes, I'm sure you do. But he taps the blade. Zylos did not think so.
5: I've I've heard that name before.
2: As you would. Um. You've fed him, and that's very good. That's a very good thing. You've set into motion things you cannot possibly understand. But that isn't important now what is important is that they're being tended to and they're being taken care of and they're in the hands of somebody who should have them and I am very glad that you showed them to me
5: Oh, you are you are very welcome is is that all you wanted was to see them
2: and that is exactly what I wanted and to touch them
5: uh, by, by all means
2: mm. he puts his little hands on top of them And as he does, he kneads them, as though pressing onto a blanket. And his eyes begin to flash silver and gold.
1: Magic biscuits.
2: (laughs) that is all. Oh, but of course, you did me a favor by bringing these here and listening to my yammerings on. I can give you something, if you'd like.
4: There is a cacophonous crash from by where Hal is standing. (laughs) And he's standing there holding, like, a small pin... And there is an entire suit of plate mail, which has collapsed on the ground in front of him, presumably held together by the pin in his hand. (laughs) He just kind of sets the pin down in the pile and takes two steps to the left and pretends he was looking at something else.
2: (laughs) No, that's fine. Um, Simply take the pin and stick it back into the mannequin, please. I do so. As soon as you do, the armor immediately recollects onto the mannequin as though being donned. It's fine, you couldn't hurt anything here if you tried, young man. But anyway, there's something mm, that the league goers, the little heroes and boys playing at their games, like to do, called glamoring. They like to have their little battle mode outfits. Everything gets very bright and very colorful, lots of neon and, and exciting little features. Normally we charge one glory apiece, but because you all are so lovely, I'm willing to do your favor. You give me one quinn, and I will do all of your gear for free.
1: I very slowly lean over to Gaspar and whisper, I think I just became a dog person. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what I've been saying this whole time.
1: Uh, Halophon, uh, how important is it for our team to have this kind of uh, pageantry and uh, showmanship? You know best of all.
4: Well, it's um, it's really popular the higher hero tiers, uh, for sure. It's not super common in rookies, but it might make us look a little bit more like we're punching above our station. Just wouldn't want to um, assume any ears, you know?
3: Nobody want to uh, think that we're kind of overdoing it. What if we all turn into blacker than black darkness? We're all shadows. Wait, then nobody can see us. I mean, there are advantages
4: to
5: that, certainly. Penny's tail is wagging and she's looking at the rest of you. Can we? It sounds like fun.
1: He takes his glasses off and folds them and puts them back in his pocket and says, It's not of a particular interest to me, but there are certain creatures I don't want to get on the wrong side of. So yes, yes, indeed. I think I already look pretty damn good,
3: but I could look better.
4: I might have to get a bit creative. Uh, a lot of the designs tend to do sort of glowy lines, but and I kind of flex one of my arms and the lines on my skin that are already there light up. can I do
2: that already? But I bet I could think of something. You hand over your quin. Gilder takes it in his little paw, places it in his mouth, and bites down. When he does, the room lights up with that pearlescent light and then is pulled into him. Give me a moment. You take off some of your more removable clothing, which is apparently all he needs, and then carries them into a little small back room. About half an hour later, he comes back out and gives
1: you back your equipment. I just put my hand on Hal's shoulder and say, don't eat any Quinn.
3: <laughs> I'm right behind you.
1: Hal,
4: I, I
3: kind of want to see it, do Hal's sitting there like,
4: um... I ate a lot of things today (laughs) I can't promise none of it was Quinn
2: Well,
5: I've gotten everything I need from all of you Please, run along now, have fun Goodbye, Gilder Thank you, Gilder It was nice to see you again And
2: you, Penelope Farthing As you exit the Gilded Guard You are once again bombarded By the beauty and majesty of the Myriad Market Marred somewhat by the man who is approaching you. He has long black hair, pale skin. He is wearing a cloak, black on the outside, red on the in, and he is clad in tight, well-fitted leathers and scale. Ophidian Ashpool flashes you his brightest smile, and he says, Gold Dragon, I haven't seen you in ages.
1: Ah, We've never met, but I've heard your name cursed several times, says Avos as he puts his glasses back on to examine this strange figure.
2: <laughs> I'm not
4: surprised. It's kind of what I'm here for. As soon as Hal sees Ophidian walking up, he speaks the command word so that his cape billows. <laughs> <laughs> Hal's cape, by the way, is like a, a rich ivory pearl with just the faintest pearlescent sheen to
2: it. Nice. Look, I I don't want to dick around here too much or beat around the bush. I'm here to kick your ass. What exactly do you mean by that? Exactly what I said. Well, actually, not quite what I said. I said I'm here to kick your ass. I suppose I should say we're here to kick your ass. And at that, three others step out of the crowd. Others that Hal recognizes immediately. The silver song stands before you. And Iavos... Your glasses indicate that they are, in fact, here to do you harm.
1: Well, it's been a great show, folks. Thanks for watching. Have a good night. Bye. Whoa, Dirk. Where's the fireball? We still have a couple of minutes left.
2: Okay, it's fine. I can do this.
1: You're doing great, Dirk. Rusty, I'm freaking out. The place is lousy with the stank of fun and I'm the nose. Well, Dirk, when these excruciating minutes are over, you'll be free to enjoy the market in all its glory. That's just the thing. I don't have any glory to spend. I'm not some hotshot league lad. You didn't negotiate a quintessence share in your contract? Contract? Negotiate? Share? I don't know the meaning of the words. Let's start from the beginning. When two legal entities wish to establish an agreement, they... God, no. Okay,
2: all right, I get it, I get it. Uh, I'll talk to someone about getting me some of that fancy scratch, but for now... Could you be a doll and slide me some quantum on the sly? Quantum? That's what the kids are calling it these days. I doubt that. Come on, Rusty, I'll be super
1: good. I won't buy anything with sugar or blood stains. Dirk, I'm going to give you ten quintessence. This is a loan. Do you know what a loan is? Is it the past
2: tense of lean? Let's start from the beginning. I get it. I'll pay you back as soon as I have a contract and you can put a lean on my soul or whatever. Dirk, please. This is serious. It's always serious. Everything's always serious. But there's a man wearing a big brain like a hat. And I bet Quinda Courts it'll make me smart enough not to have to sit through another rusty quiz on why free markets are good for small economies but break down on larger scales if individual profit is prioritized over the welfare of the people.
1: Wow, Dirk. I'm impressed you retained so nuanced a lesson. I didn't! I was reading off the teleprompter. What? Come on, Shazid He's never gonna learn if you keep helping him. To be fair, I probably wasn't going to learn anyway, Rust. Money, please. (sighs) Here you go. And what's this I'm giving
2: you? A cloak made out of swords and a shirt that says, I went to the Myriad Market and all I got was this
1: wicked sword cloak? It's a loan, Dirk. And one you cannot spend until the broadcast is finished.
2: Right, right. Loan, return on investment, collateral principle,
1: vice principle. Dirk, are you listening? Is that guy wearing cosmic bell-bottoms? This is going to be a rough few days. All right, Dirk. That's time. You did it. Here's your quintessence. Now promise me you'll stay away from the Omega Terminal. The second you turn your back, you got on the shuttle. To the Omega Terminal? Yep. I figure. Are we still scrying?
4: Son of a bitch!
5: Um, what <laughs> is that against the rules? I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I knew sure he'd come
4: up again. Rules. I knew he'd come up. But again. so soon with that's why out. I studied his team.
5: Everything's mm. always dicks and bushes with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he did say beat around the bush and and then ass. He's going to kick our ass. That's true. Mm. Oh,
5: everything's always okay. <laughs> I okay. I almost remembered something from thirty seconds ago. Uh, I think it's my t- oh wait hold on first of all
2: who's the MVP? Uh, obviously the impaled tiefling
5: <laughs> okay I'll Why? give you that yeah. um, my, my only question is do I have little like kitty paw prints all over my sword now because I will never wash it
2: <laughs> no no uh, you did not you did not scuff your your beautiful
1: arms and armor Either that or one one third of a witch. <laughs> well, that
2: yes.
4: was pretty fucking. That weird. was
5: really fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, poor
4: poor poor Gaspar. You know what they say happens on a third date. Gross. Uh, okay. Uh, what about
2: the play of the game?
1: Uh, hallway party. <laughs> hallway party is pretty fantastic. That was
2: very sweet of all of you. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of this insufferable show. Uh, League of Ultimate Questing Battle Axis. I'm going to go around the table and thank everybody here, starting with... This chair,
4: which is currently sat in by Michael Loving. Plays Halifun Orison
3: Jr. Ooh! Barbarian Paladin. (laughs) Angelo Kaluag, who is playing Gaspar, the headless phantom rogue.
5: And I am Dana Ebert, playing Penelope Farthing, the third level hurricane, currently with a belly full of sugar that will hopefully help in this next encounter. (laughs) Yeah, do we get
4: advantage on our initiative roll for all the sugar we ate?
1: (laughs) Uh, It's counteracted by all the dough you ate. (laughs) I am Law. I play Iavos Isadora, witness to the Withering Acre.
2: And I'm Zach. I am the Dungeon Master and Technical Director slash Producer for Slapdash Studios. I'd also like to thank Hediger the Ediger for putting together this episode. Yet another really frustrating edit, I imagine.
1: A hell of an Edigering.
2: (laughs) An (laughs) Ediging. Um, and I'd also like to thank Bree Golden For the uh, map we are about to use
1: <laughs> Still uh, leading up to it, it's uh, a slow burn
2: <laughs> At goldenstylist.com That's where our asses are about to get kicked Apparently. Mm. Thank you so much Again, as you know, new episodes go Live every Monday mm-hmm. If you want to show your support, please Check out our Discord and go to theluq.com Where you can find all of our social media Which you can follow and all that good stuff You can also find, uh, hopefully, links To ways that you can support our Players here and what not you can also join our patreon if you want to give us a little bit more of that good good money flavor i don't think there's anything else is there
1: website's got it all baby
2: Mm -hmm. well thank you all again for joining us and questing with us and all that good stuff and until next time we wish you luck